Hello and welcome to the Think Fungus podcast brought to you by the Global Action for Fungal Infections, also known as GAFI. Today I'm speaking with GAFI CEO, Professor David Denning, who will be talking about the different types of fungal neglected tropical diseases and how they affect the communities they are present in. If you would like to see some visual images, there are fact sheets with examples of what the diseases look like on the GAFI website. Go to gaffi.org backslash media backslash fact dash sheet. Here's my chat with Professor David Denning. So David, can you tell us what exactly are neglected tropical diseases and which fungal diseases fall into the, this, this category? The WHO defines uh, neglected tropical diseases or NTDs as a group of uh, infections, um, particularly parasitic infections or worm infections, but also including, for example, leprosy, um, which affect poor populations, usually in tropical or subtropical areas. In fungal disease, mycetoma, which is a subcutaneous or deep skin infection, usually of the lower leg, chromoblastomycosis, which is a similar infection, but a different set of fungal pathogens, and sporotrichosis, which also is skin and deep tissue, occasionally in the lungs and other places, are the WHO accepted NTDs. We have made the case that fungal keratitis, which is a, a fungal infection of the surface front of the eye, should also be an NTD, but it's not been accepted because they don't know how to implement improvements in care for it at this stage of the NTD um, grouping in, in, in Geneva. And is this a, a global issue or are there certain areas of the world where you can particularly find these diseases? Mycetoma uh, is historically affect people in what is called the mycetoma belt, which is around the equator uh, in all tropical, subtropical parts of the world. It's particularly prevalent in Sudan, but there are cases in multiple other countries, and in, indeed even some primary cases occurring in the USA, for example. Chromoblastomycosis has a slightly different distribution because the pathogens are involved in or, or, or on different plants. So Madagascar has a particularly high rate and parts of Brazil have a high rate and Southern China has a high rate. Sporotrichosis is genuinely global uh, and in South America, particularly Brazil, it, it is also a pathogen of cats and feral cats in particular. So there's a lot of cat to human transmission of sporotrichosis. But it, for example, is particularly common in certain parts of Peru been found in Japan and other uh, locations as, as well. Fungal keratitis is broadly, is across the world, particularly common in Nepal and India and other parts of Southeast Asia, but again is a global uh, problem. Now, how do these diseases affect the communities and the people that are, are suffering from them? Is it um, health? Is, it, um, is there a social stigma? Um, if you could expand on that. Mycetoma, chromoblastomycosis, and sporotrichosis are all uh, very disfiguring diseases. Uh, they're chronic long-term problems uh, unless they're treated early. Sporotrichosis is completely curable with intraconazole therapy. 
chromoblastomycosis improves with itraconazole therapy, mycetoma is much harder to treat because the fungal pathogens don't respond to, or most of them don't respond to um, antifungal therapy. Um, fungal keratitis uh, is a very difficult a disease to treat as an ophthalmologist. Um, you require hourly eye drops for the first two to four days of therapy, you, and you have to start therapy rapidly. Around 10% of the patients have to have their eye removed because the diagnosis is made late or it's not treated at all. And well over 60% of the patients remain blind in that eye. So it's a particularly difficult problem. And part of that is because the diagnosis is not suspected early and treatment isn't available uh, rapidly enough in, in, in many places. So what are the causes of that current, those gaps in diagnosis and treatment and um, you know, what type of diagnosis and treatment are needed in these places? So the skin fungal NTDs, um, mycetoma, chromo and sporo, usually require a laboratory to make the diagnosis. You can see the fungus and you can grow it and you can process the tissue and see the fungus in the tissue. And because they're chronic slow burn type of infections, uh, that could be done at a place distant from where the patient lives as long as there's enough money for the patient to travel and to undertake the diagnosis. The costs of those procedures are not covered by many healthcare systems, so the patients have to bear the burden of, of, of the diagnosis. And then, of course, the treatment is uh, challenging. So six months of itraconazole uh, is, it can cost, for example, three or $400 uh, in some places, and that uh, is too much for many patients. Fungal keratitis is particularly problematic because you have to take a sample from the front of the eye. That requires a highly specialized um, ophthalmologist skill. And the, you then have to process that sample rapidly with the relevant um, microscopy and culture. And many, many facilities don't have that uh, capability. So the diagnosis can be delayed partly because um, patients have to travel long distances to get uh, access to that diagnosis and partly because in some places there just aren't those capabilities. Sometimes the cost of treatment of fungal keratitis exceeds a patient's budget too. It, it would be typically between 20 to $40 to, to have good treatment for fungal keratitis, but many patients can't afford that. What steps would GAPI recommend be taken to help uh, with this issue? We need more access in um, low-income countries, particularly to uh, microscopy, to look at tissue and samples taken from tissue, and to do fungal culture. And we need um, training to identify what the fungus is and therefore give the right treatment for patients. We need more ophthalmology skills in more rural areas. Ophthalmologists tend to concentrate in capital cities in, in Africa, for example, and in other parts of the world, or certainly in urban centers. And many patients in very remote areas, that's a challenge. I don't think that's an immediately soluble challenge, but certainly rapid access and, and, and fast movement of patients to urban centers for appropriate diagnosis 
on strong recommendations locally that you need to go and get this treated um, would be very helphal. Um, and those ophthalmological centers need to be well equipped with fungal microscopy and uh, fungal culture. So those are the most important things. If the costs of diagnosis and treatment of these diseases were covered by universal health care, that would also be helpful. Can you give us a rough idea how much those steps might cost? Well, if, for example, a, a diagnostic procedure for the skin fungal NTDs cost $25 a patient, then you'd probably be able to cover the world with about $10 million. Not all the patients, of course, um, have the disease that you're interested in, so you have to test more than you would actually have a final diagnosis of a fungal skin NTD in. Um, Intraconazole therapy um, might cost you, I said, 50, 50 some million for about 75,000 patients across the world. Um, and you have to monitor that therapy. So there are some additional monitoring costs, which are the same sort of cost as you pay for monitoring TB treatment. And if all, we think there are about four and a half million corneal or front of the eye ulcers uh, every year around the world. If all of those were investigated for with microscopy and culture, then that would be around $115 million. And uh, the, as I mentioned, the cost of treatment of that would be from about $20 to $40 uh, overall. But sometimes surgery is also required, so that, that would push, push the price up a little. But overall, these, these costs are not overwhelmingly large in the big scheme of things, although they're obviously overwhelming for many of the poor people who, who suffer from these infections. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.